Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 39 for Wednesday, February 7th, 2018. How you doing, everybody? Welcome back, listeners. Welcome, new listeners. Thank you for tuning in, guys. This week, we've got all sorts of things to talk about. I have ended my tenure with The Source. Uh, I did some promo. I got some silly stories, so I guess some upcoming stuff. I'm, uh, I'm stuttering a little bit. Uh, or should say slurring my speech because as, uh, as is usually my custom, I'm doing this very late. It is one Oh seven AM right now on Wednesday. I don't ever really start the podcast this late, uh, but it's been a busy week and, uh, you know, excuses, excuses point being, as always, I will rain or shine, have it available for you when you guys wake up Wednesday. So you're <laughs> it's Wednesday. I'm actually recording the fucking podcast on Wednesday. Started after the mark. Anyways, um, I have poisoned myself in order to do this podcast this evening. And by that, I mean, I am drinking a Red Bull. I don't drink this stuff normally. I'm not a big fan of energy drinks and things like that because they will give me a very short lived, uh, I guess, boost of energy. And then I crash like a motherfucker. So I am slurping Red Bull. Ah, can you hear the ice clinking around? Doesn't make it taste any better. Tastes like fucking weird. I, I don't even know how to describe it. You guys know what it tastes like. You've tasted a fucking Red Bull before. They just taste like, uh, I don't know, sugary fucking piss water. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. There's a weird taste. But anyways, regardless, I am poisoning myself to give me the uh, juice I need to get this fucking podcast going. Guys, I'm excited. Still in a good mood. I'm still loving life. Still enjoying things. Um, the moment last week's podcast ended, I was wondering what all that extra noise was outside in the hall. I thought, uh, you know, that we had uh, maybe Jay had his girlfriend over or... Kamar and Jason were bragging about how much they love Trump and what a superhero they think Trump is. Um, but I, I went downstairs to see what all the commotion was in my uh, boxers and uh, tank top. And there was a bunch of people I didn't know in the house and they were all playing board games. So the second last podcast ended late night, I ended up being up till two o'clock in the morning playing games with, uh, I, I did go up and change. I'm like, oh, what's up? Just the, the, the typical fat guy in the fucking TV shows. Where he's sitting on the couch in his goddamn boxers and and tank top guests over. He's like, let me tell you another thing there. Big fucking Sal. Cigar ash on his chest. No, no. I, as soon as I took one step down and, and half stepped into the fucking dining room to see all these strangers there, I immediately turned around and got dressed. Came back down. So yeah, we, we played some uh, some board games with some new people that, uh, that Jason, strays that Jason had found out in the world and brought home. So that was a fun... Uh, Fun way to just kick off next week's storytelling was that we played, uh, played games with strangers until late night. In fact, one of them, uh, has a daughter who's a recruiter for Shopify. So I chatted with that dude. He sent in a thing now to continue the story from last week. Uh, I have not heard anything more from Shopify, uh, for any reason. Um, so I don't know if they're not interested or, or what have you. Again, I still enjoyed my trip there. In fact, the Red Bull I'm drinking was, uh, acquired acquired from uh, Shopify while I was there visiting. So, uh, still making an impact on my life, <laughs> even though I haven't heard from them. So again, worst case scenario, I got an amazing tour and a bunch of free shit while I was there. So, um, anyways, I, I will tell you guys more about that as I hear anything, but, uh, as it stands, uh, yeah, his daughter was a recruiter from them. So I'm like, Hey man, give me uh give me a little, uh, you know, wink and a nudge there. Tell them that, uh, yours truly is a good dude and would love to have an opportunity to come work at Shopify and, you know, be a part of the team regardless. 
super fun night starting just as early as the second, the last podcast ended. Um, and then, yeah, on, uh, on Wednesday, again, doesn't really matter day to day, just, but going back last week when you guys heard the last one, uh, I spent the day doing trainings. So that new job that I start very shortly, a couple days from now, as a matter of fact, from the time you guys are listening to this, I actually started tomorrow on Thursday and, uh, but it's, it's, it's still cellular, still telecom, not upset, not bitching, but with all of those jobs comes the wonderful, wonderful uh, e-learning courses. You know, the ones where you sit in front of a computer and you click next and you do quizzes and it's shitty flash videos and they talk down to you like you're the biggest fucking idiot. I guess I'm starting to learn that all the jobs I'm qualified to do, they got to talk to you like you're an idiot because you have no skills, you have no degrees, you need to start from scratch. If someone comes in with a gun, don't try to apprehend them. Um, I'm going to help them carry the shit to the car. All right. How can I be of use to you? My life is not worth anything that you have here. So take it all. How may I be of service to you? The customer is always right, especially when they have a gun. So uh, I'm watching all sorts of videos like that and how to respect people who are differently abled, uh, all sorts of things like that. If you see someone in a wheelchair, don't pat them on, a he on the head. That was one of the things that it said. I, again, I, I mean... That's, that's what happens when you have no skills or, uh, are a Canadian entertainer. It's like, uh, I need a job that's flexible. All right. But you're going to need to know that you're working with people who need to be told not to pat people in wheelchairs in the head or to, to, to ask them if they want to race or something like that. I can't remember all the stupid examples that they had. Um, so I spent a good portion of the day doing that, that training. And then I've had a, a training for a promo that I was doing on Saturday, uh, you know, back to doing what I love, uh, promoting products and getting paid way good money, uh, to just, you know, have a good time and, uh, and market some shit. So, uh, I did, I did a lot on that online training. And then, uh, my dad had asked, um, to take me up for my birthday. Again, a lot of people playing catch up and looking to do time with me. It's like, that was January 19th. We're now February 7th, uh, you know, anyways, it was last, last week he wanted to take me out and, uh, we went out to, I think we we're having this conversation about, Hey, you know, where do you want to eat? And everybody's very, uh, very, very cool about the fact that, you know, I'm trying to take better care of myself. You know what I mean? Like normally you see people kind of go like, come on, you know, you got this reason or that reason. A lot of enablers. Um, it's been very cool. Everyone's been like, no, like how do we support? So my, my dad offered to take me to like a place in Ottawa called the table, which is like a vegetarian vegan restaurant. And, um, and while the food is good there, it's pretty expensive. It's all by weight. Um, so I mean like a plate of food there, you're, you're looking at like, it's usually 15 to 20 bucks for just a fucking plate of food. And it's really, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of just veggies with some usually coriander curryish kind of flavors or something simple. Um, it's a good place. I enjoy the meal. Um, I, I never feel like it's worth the amount that we pay for it. So I just said, Hey man, I know, I know money's tight. You don't have to, uh, we don't have to do that just for the sake of it. I go, why don't we go somewhere? I say, well, do you want to go to a buffet? So it's almost like, uh, again, the, the, the kindness of like, want to take care of, but, but the buffet stuff, he's like, yeah, you don't want to do a buffet because buffets are, are gross and it's kind of the opposite. It is funny though, as uh, you know, a large man that people seem to just think buffet is like the magic word. You know what I mean? Your name is Rumpelstiltskin. Ah, my weakness. Uh, you know, you just say buffet to a fat person. They're like, oh, I know what that is. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of buffets. First off, a lot of them, I, I know my parents uh, enjoy going to buffets because it's one of those things where you feel like you get your money's worth, right? You pay a flat rate and then you just, you just fucking go hog wild. Blech. 
big fat fuck you eat as much as possible like it's almost like this you know i'll show you to the owner kind of thing but really you're just fucking yourself over whatever what am i talking about point is um, I'd mentioned to him, I'm like, the only buffet place that I, I gone to that I enjoy is, uh, I just said that there's a place called Mandarin and I'm sure I know it's like a nationwide thing. So, um, I was like, Mandarin's pretty good. It's like a Chinese buffet place, but it doesn't taste like all heat lamp dried out bullshit, you know? So, uh, my dad happened to mention, he's like, oh, you know what? I think I saw something on the Ottawa Valley fish society or whatever the fuck it's called. My, my, my dad has gotten into the last year, um, you know, aquarium stuff. He, uh, he bought some goldfish for, uh, for Brody and Michaela when they were visiting one time. And, uh, and then just, you know, when the summer was over, we had a little pond in the backyard at my mom's place. Uh, when the summer was over, he decided, well, I'm going to put them inside and see if we can keep them over the winter. And I just, out of nowhere, he started collecting more goldfish. The goldfish were getting bigger. The goldfish bred, they had a bunch of extra goldfish. He picked up a couple other, just little simple fish or whatever. So whatever the, the hobby has grown. My dad spends a lot of time at home whatever fish. Now he's, now he's part of a fucking fish cult or whatever it is. Um, so fact of the matter is he was just mentioning, he's like, you know what? I actually think I heard that on this evening, um, the Ottawa Valley fish people or whatever are meeting here and they've got a special discounted price for members for the Mandarin. Why don't you come as my guest? There you go. So perfect. I mentioned Mandarin. He remembered something about Mandarin, save a little money, go out and have fun. And at the same time, um, conversations, uh, can be not always, but can be a little awkward between my dad and I, cause, um, you know, we're all, we're all human. We all make mistakes and things like that. But my, my dad and I have a lot of baggage that, that we may or may not someday sort out, but I know that he and I will never have a, a real relationship until we do. Hey, by the way, new listeners listening to me, just go, I uh, problem with me and my dad. Um, I'm just being honest. You know, so if you've just tuned into my life story at this point, yeah, I don't have a great relationship with my dad and, uh, and I, I, I will never have one with him, um, uh, until we get to, you know, discuss and air out, uh, some old shit, but, um, you know, quick summary, my dad left, uh, at a very early age and has sort of been periodically in and out of my life. So the reason conversations are a little fucking awkward with me and my dad is because when we're together, he tries to offer me advice and things like that. And, um, with all due respect, my dad is certainly not somebody that I would want to, uh, emulate in terms of stuff like that. And at the same time, you can't like not be a part of my development as a person when I'm young and then just expect me to take your advice because you hold the quote unquote office of, of dad. So, um, not sad or anything like it's just, it's the life, it's the, the experience that I've had and, and, and the, the life that I've lived. So, um, it's not a sore spot, but it's just one of those things where like, I think he means well, but you don't get to just sweep all the other, you don't get to sweep the past under the rug and then just decide that now's the time where you can give me advice and I'm going to take it like it's father life. So I'm, I'm looking forward to spending good quality time and building on that. But at the same time, before we can actually have a real relationship, we got, uh, we got a little answering to do here. You know, we got some conversations we got to have. So, uh, regardless had, uh, we went there. Uh, had a good time. It was weird because we were chatting with like a lot of, again, fish people. <laughs> and I don't mean people who looked like fish. Uh, in fact, to be honest with you, for people who were like a part of a fish society, they were actually pretty normal looking. <laughs> if I told you, hold on. Mm. Staying awake sauce. Um, if I told you that we were meeting with a bunch of fish society people, you would think they got to be a lot of introverts and I think, right? Like, I mean, you think what a cat lady is, 
right? I mean, let's cat lady. Nobody calls somebody a cat lady in a positive way. I mean, even crazy cat ladies are so fucking crazy. They will call themselves cat ladies in a positive way. I'm a crazy cat lady. Not a compliment. Um, so you got to imagine that, that you, when you step, you got to step down to go to a fish level. If you're a fish person, you're like, I don't want it to talk. I want to pat it. I don't know. Like, how do you, 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 you go, okay, I'm, I'm sticking with fish. I, I expected these people to be a lot of fucking weirdos and whatnot. They weren't, they weren't too shabby. It was funny though. Uh, listening to the chat, it, it also helped break up the tension. Like I said, having conversation with my dad, because I'm like, I chat a little bit, but, um, we're having a meal together, but he's, he's asking questions. He's learning from these people and he's gathering information. Um, I listened as well. It was so funny too, because I'm listening to these guys. My dad's talking about, um, I think cherry shrimp is what they're called. Probably wrong. I don't care. Um, and he's talking about how, like what to feed them. And one guy's like, oh, you got, you got cherry shrimp. What you got to do is, is get, get some organic spinach. Okay. It's got to be organic because there's something in the regular stuff that pesticides, whatever. And he's like, and then you blanch it. Okay. You blanch it and then take it, find a, a nice, you know, microwavable container or right? you pack it in there. You pack it nice down and flat, find something you can pack it in with, put it in the freezer, let it freeze. All right. Then when you're ready, you take it out of the freezer, take just a couple little pieces. All right. You know, just warm them up in your hands. Just another little, you break them up into little pieces or whatever. And then you feed it and they go, I go like, like the fucking amount of meal prep for shrimp. I, I know guys that wouldn't do that kind of prep to cook a meal for their girlfriends. Like, yeah, I open a can, you throw it in the microwave. Yeah, it's all done. You know, I'm just listening to these. And then they're talking about other food prep and things that you can do for fish. I'm like, this is ridiculous. You guys could have real relationships if you applied these techniques to human beings. <laughs> I don't know. It was just funny listening to like the lengths that they would go fish. But I mean, I get it. It's a hobbyist thing, right? And make fun of myself in a few minutes, but some of the shit that I would do for some of my hobbies, but it was just, uh, it was just interesting to me listening to some of these people talk about, you know, the lengths fish, like apparently goldfish will eat the fuck out of plants. So if you try to have, you know, plants in your, your, uh, aquarium, you got to go out of your way to buy like spear plants or, or other things like that, because they will just, you'd put a, a plant in it and then you come back the next day and it's a fucking stick sticking out of it. You know, the, the, the gravel. Uh, at the bottom because the fish have, have eaten all the leaves on it. Fucking goldfish are so stupid. They're orange too, like Trump. All right. Trump is a human goldfish. Um, yeah. So I apologize for all the ums and ahs again, guys. That's, uh, just trying to remember some of the funny stories or that, but it was a good time. I actually, I had a good time with my dad. Um, we didn't, you know, have any super heavy conversations or anything like that. He had a good time. He got to ask some questions. Bill was fucking outstanding. They had bow buns, by the way, when I was balling up, uh, you know, bond me boys in Toronto, they had barbecue pork bows at, uh, at Mandarin, which is like the fluffy marshmallow bread with the barbecue pork in it. Oh, it was good. Yeah. It was so tasty. I had a, a few of those anyways, didn't overdo it. Just so you know, I did eat, I definitely ate more calories than, you know, you'd have in a regular meal, but I was a good bitch in terms of buffet had a good, uh, had a good amount, but, but showed some restraint. Um, all in all, great night out with my dad. I got, uh, Jay and I had ordered some new board games. Um, cause that's what I do, right? I'm a board game nerd now. And, uh, we, we'd watched some videos online. We ordered, uh, King of Tokyo and, uh, and the King Kong expansion for King of Tokyo for anyone who, uh, cares to know and who may not. King of Tokyo is a great board game, great little party board game. It's basically Yahtzee. Only instead of just rolling for dice combinations, uh, you're rolling, you're basically like, 
you know, Godzilla and King Kong and big monsters, you know, sort of terrorizing Tokyo. Um, but the dice you roll is to attack each other. And, uh, when someone gets a certain amount of points, boom, get a King of Tokyo. And, uh, and that's about it. I mean, super easy game to play. We ordered that, uh, we ordered another dice game called roll for it and roll for it is super easy. Uh, everyone who plays the game gets a set of dice and in the middle of the table is, uh, you know, a few cards. You roll the dice. If the dice you have add up to whatever's on that card in terms of like, let's say you need to roll a two, a three and a five. If you roll your six dice and you get a two or three or five, you can use those dice to buy that card. The points on that card become yours. A new card is flipped over and so on and so forth. If you can't, you know, use your dice towards any of the cards, you can actually take a few of the dice that you did roll and, and fill up some of those slots. So you basically invest those dice in that card, roll again, try to finish them off. Just kind of, again, kind of like a Yahtzee game, but the idea is that the first person to complete all the dice on that card gets that card. So everyone's rolling for it. Haha, <laughs> like the title. And uh, it's again, again, just a nice, simple little party game. Everyone gets to, to sort of roll. It's, it's nice and easy, um, but social competitive first person to 40 points wins, right? And all the points are based on the cards. Um, Got a game called Werewolf, which we played at my brother's house during that Christmas party. That was uh, that was great. So that was just a fun little social deduction game. And uh, and then I got uh, the uh, the what do you call it? Seafarers expansion for uh, Catan. So just again, we're having we're having fun. We're playing more and more board games here as a, uh, a household. Um, what else? What else do we did? I mean, just I'm going through the week here, having a peek and seeing what we did. Um, we did the writing group. Uh, oh, that's a fun little thing. I, I bought a voice recorder guys and I'm actually, I've been humming and hawing over doing it for a long time. I've been bitching and complaining that I, I don't write enough. Well, I bought a Sony voice recorder and, uh, here's the thing there. There's probably just before I, I go too forward into that. There's a lot of you going, uh, you know, you have a voice recorder on your phone. I, I am aware of that, but all my ideas tend to come to me. I'm so scatterbrained. You guys know this by now, all the uhs and, and I'll start telling you a story and I go down a million different roads and I probably never go back to the original thing that I was talking about. So a lot of my ideas, because of that scatterbrained nature of me just sitting down, it's hard for me to just sit and write. So what happens is a lot of my ideas come to me when I'm either playing a video game because I'm, you know, sort of mentally distracted in that and I can think more clearly um, and alternatively, another place, the most common place for me to come up with ideas is when I'm driving. So I, I, my brain is somewhat distracted with the driving and therefore the ADD, the attention is on the road and on the usually one train of thought that I'm having while in the car. The problem is when I'm driving, I don't know if you guys have this issue. You probably don't because I seem to find issue with simple tasks, but I, if I'm driving, and I go to, 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 you know, I get an idea. I'm like, okay. And then I go to reach out to my phone that's in the mount or whatever and, and unlock it with my thumb. And I find that every time I, I do that, normally I have no issue whatsoever. But when I'm in a hurry, like, oh shit, I go, okay. I, I just, it's not until I've already thought of a few lines, you know, I start thinking about a subject and I'm just turning over and I'm, I'm fucking bitching about it or whatever in my head. And then once I've got, you know, five or six things in my head, okay, no, this is funny. I gotta, I gotta write this down. So I reach forward and try to unlock the phone and it, it jiggles. No, it won't work. Won't, it jiggles, won't work. Okay. Okay. Let, let me, okay. Click the fucking type the password in. Okay. All the while watching the road back and forth to try to make sure I'm not fucking hitting anything or whatever. And then I go to, to open the, the voice recorder 
and the voice recorder, you know, I clicked, oops, the wrong app above it. And then I try to back out and then I go to click it again and the screen slides down because it's a feature on Apple. If you double tap the button, you know, touch it twice real quick, it slides down to make it easier accessible. So I miss and I hit something else. I got back into that app, try to open it again. And I sort of get frustrated. Okay, fucking open up. All right, record. Y yes, new recording, new name. Yes. So the idea is I don't, I don't, uh, comics get it. I've talked to comics lots of times. They get it. But the idea is that when you're in a mindset of flow to like, you're just in this funny headspace where you're turning over an idea. When you stop and get frustrated and, and pissed off at something else, the, the energy has changed. And at that point, I've actually distracted myself with trying to get into this phone and start the app and start recording and all that shit that not only has my energy changed, but the, I've forgotten all those five or six, you know, sentences or lines or whatever it is from the joke. And now I'm just sitting in the car like, fuck. Yeah, something about, but, but, but the magic is gone. So the idea is you start to feel this flow. So I got myself a little handheld voice recorder. Reason being, I, I now carry it in my pocket, either my, my jeans or if I'm wearing a button up in my breast pocket. Um, and the second I get an idea, I just pull it in my pocket, big red record button and immediately start recording the ideas. It's safe. I hold it in my hand. Uh, yeah, I hold it in my hand when I'm driving, but I don't have to, to look at it. You know what I'm saying? Like I can hold it, I can drive, I can throw the ideas in and then boom, saved. And it's, it plugs into USB in the computer. I can just drag the audio files off and, and organize them and stuff like that later. But the idea is I don't lose the idea now. Sorry, I don't like using the same word twice in a sentence. I don't lose the premises. I don't lose the tags. I've even started to pull them out now and, and record jokes. I can even record my sets now. Uh, again, something I could do before a little easier, but the idea is I'm just having an easier time to, to pull things out. And what it's doing is it's actually inspiring me to be more and more creative and to keep writing stuff. Because before I would just play with an idea and I would always tell myself, oh, that's a real good one. I'm going to remember it later. Guess what? I didn't. So to make a fucking really short story, long and boring, I bought myself a voice recorder and I'm already seeing results. I've tried a few new jokes at a few different shows this week um, and written down some stuff. So I know the next time we sit down and do a writer's group. I'm going to have some shit to, to, uh, to contribute positively, uh, in terms of my own premises that I'm working on. And speaking of which Thursday, we did another writer's group. Uh, we had back Mike and, uh, Vanessa, AKA Regina Bianca. And, uh, we had, uh, Paul Crummy and Ben Hagel joined the group as well as Kamar returned. So it was cool. You know, uh, Ben was here very, very briefly, more or less just to make an appearance. But, um, you know, at one point we were six comics sitting down and, and pitching jokes and stuff. It was fun. Fuck. Was it ever fun? Um, some great joke ideas. People had uh, an opportunity to just sort of, you know, pitch their shit and, and have everyone brainstorm it again. More heads better than one still very well structured. Um, uh, not, I mean, not to share too much. I don't like to share premises and shit like that of other people's until they've got it as a joke. All I can say is that this writer's group is looking uh, very promising. It's looking to be a positive thing. People are excited for it. Always going, Hey, when's the next one? Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. Got the recorder, got this uh, guys. I might actually be being a fucking comedian again, you know, shit, uh, shit can happen. I might have some new goddamn jokes. So it was fun. I don't know. Friday worked at the source. Nothing new there. Uh, I remember I came home. I, I can't for the life of me remember what I did Friday evening. Um, but the funny thing is I, uh, I, I just, I, I made my notes. I've also started doing that a little bit better too. Um, not to make this too just admin. This is what I did and I do this and that. Um, what I mean is, is I've started writing down the notes every single day. So rather than doing my show notes, you know, the hour or two before I record the podcast, 
and try to remember every day's events and every funny little thing. I've started doing it at the end of every day. Now, last couple of days I've been so busy, which is why this podcast is being recorded so late. Um, I, I just haven't had a chance to catch up. So I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, but Friday went to work. I know I'm missing something Friday evening, but I just can't for the life of me remember what it was. And then I was up late playing role for it with Jay. That's the fun thing too, is that after the writing group, I think I sat with, uh, with Vanessa and we were just shooting the shit at the dining room table. Then Jay comes home drunk. He's like, Hey, fuck it. It's fucking, play that fucking uh, game we bought. Let's play the fucking game. All right. Play that. Then I'm up till two o'clock in the morning, drinking with Jay and <laughs> playing, playing a dice rolling game. So again, good times. I I'm, I am unapologetically enjoying the fucking nerdiness of board games. Oh, hmm. I went to see my brother at some point this week too, and I can't fucking remember what night that was. So, um, anyways, Saturday, what a great day. Um, I did another promo. I worked for a uh, great company called karma casting and my job was to work with, uh, another gentleman who I met that day. Super good dude. Shout out to Nick. Uh, not sure if he listens to the podcast. He took my card and, uh, and started subscribing, but uh, Nick and I were promo guys for a company called Greenies. A uh, little shout out to Greenies. They are a dog, uh, toothbrush alternative, not really alternative, but you know, a second secondary thing to brushing a dog's teeth. Um, just choose called Greenies. You could, your dog chews them up. They brush his teeth. Bada bing, bada boom. Him and I were working in a pet smart in Barhaven, just giving away free samples, you know, educating people on the product and its value for the pets. Uh, the staff there was amazing. Uh, Shannon, the store manager, um, or at least I think she was a store manager. was super, super fucking cool. Uh, outstanding. Nice to us. Uh, a lot of fun too. Like cool person. Like again, it's, it's, I, I do a lot of promos work for a lot of companies. It's great when someone's kind and accommodating and everything like that, which Shannon was, but for me, there's an extra level of cool when not only are you professional and all that other shit, but you just, you, you kind of let loose a little bit in the sense that like, you're cool. You can joke around you can even drop the occasional F bomb. Like, you know, we're all humans. As long as you're working, be a fucking person. You know, that's, that's my go-to. So, um, it was just cool working with not only a good dude like Nick, but at the same time, a really cool store manager like Shannon. And, uh, we had a great time. We sold them out of uh, some stuff again getting paid to be myself, to engage with people, have fun with pet owners. I'm a, I'm a big animal guy. Um, you know, I think you guys know that by now. So, um, I, I love that kind of shit. I had the fucking pet dogs, give away free dog treats and, uh, and get paid really good money for it. So doing those promos makes me happy. I had a great time. And after that, um, young Mr. Brody had reached out to me that week and was looking forward to hanging out again. And I got to tell you, I love that. Those kiddos. I love that kid. We, uh, came back to my place. He has not been here since I got my PlayStation VR, right? Which is another one of those promo campaigns that I was doing. And, uh, he had a blast. I put him in the fucking, uh, VR helmet. He played a bunch of different games. I had so much fun. And, uh, and then he came with me to do a show in Perth, which was a fun thing too, because he was, when he was younger, he came to a show at a restaurant one night, but I think he had some stuff to sort of occupy him. Um, and uh, I don't know if it was, you know, he, he could enjoy the show as much as one would think because he was a little too young. I think he was eight or nine at the time. Now Brody's 13. He's, he's a teenager. You know, he, he gets jokes. He watched South Park and shit like that. Bob's burgers. Like he, he gets jokes. 
So we drove out an hour away from, uh, from home to do the show in Perth, uh, organized by the same gentleman that does the waterfront gastropub show I did the previous week. And, uh, we get there and it's three dudes at a bar and then the, my, my fellow comedians. So we were like, oh fuck, this is going to be a nightmare. Um, but, uh, right before the show started, people came in, filled up a little area. It, uh, it ended up being a really, really fun show. Uh, so it looked like it would be a nightmare ended up being a really fun show. We were there until, you know, 11 o'clock or so. I think it was a late starting show. So we were there till 11, maybe 1130 took forever to get home an hour away drive in good conditions. I got stuck. It was snowing, got stuck behind snow plows. Didn't get home until late. Uh, Brody slept the whole way back. But, uh, by the time we got back, he was awake again and wanted to play some, uh, some video games. So that's what we did. We stayed up late played a great game called, uh, overcooked, which is one that Chris had recommended. And I bought based on his recommendation and, uh, it had fun. It's basically just a kitchen, kitchen runner game where again, as I read Chris's email, you, you're running around and you're grabbing ingredients, you know, chopping them up, frying them up, you know, washing dishes. It's a, it's a kitchen simulator, but it was fun. And Brody and I were playing with two human beings, Brody and I were building strategies, uh, you know, and, and having a great time. Again, I, I miss that kid. And then we passed out watching Bob's Burgers, you know, but on Bob's Burgers, we passed the fuck out. <laughs> so I don't know. I had, I had a great time. It was good to, to see the guy, you know, um, dropped him off the next day, went to work, uh, you know, Super Bowl Sunday at the source, which you would think under regular circumstances would be a quiet day, right? Everyone's getting ready for the Super Bowl. Nope. Our store was nuts busy. Um, and for people who had no interest in the Super Bowl. So I guess pro tip, maybe if you were going to be going out uh, to do things. If there's a day where you want retail to yourself, maybe go Super Bowl Sunday, find an electronics store and have the place to yourself because most people who are electronics fanatics will be watching. Uh, well, that's, that's a stupid connection to make, but let's say at least the vast majority of TV watchers will probably be watching the Super Bowl in some fashion or another, whether it's just for the halftime show or so they can be relevant. I actually tried to get out of work at a half decent time so I could get home in time to watch just enough of the Super Bowl that I could comment on it. At this point, everyone knows congratulations to the Eagles to be the second team to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Fuck you and your fucking perfect face there, Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> I'm actually just happy for the Eagles fans, right? Philly winning in Philly. Good for them. But that's, I hope I'm still right on that. I, I heard somewhere that they're playing in Philadelphia. I didn't get a chance to see any of it. And as usual, I didn't do any research to be hundred percent sure. I think I'm just going to, I think I was talking to somebody today saying that if I ever do a comedy album, I'm going to just call it opinions and assumptions because that's, <laughs> that's how I live my life. Not facts and information, opinions and assumptions. So anyways, congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles for winning Super Bowl, whatever number it is. Didn't research it. Um, <laughs> I think on Sunday night too, it was kind of cool to like, when I got home, I, I, my whole intention all day was, like I said, to watch whatever was left of the Super Bowl. When I got home, I fucking totally forgot. I just went around doing chores, doing laundry, doing cleanup notes, things like that. Dusting. Um, and I, and I kind of enjoyed my life that evening to just slow pace, do some chores. Felt great. Um, 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 the, uh, Monday went to work second, last shift at the source. And, uh, 
And then on, on Monday night, I did the Cracking Up the Capital Festival, show, I should say, uh, competition show. So there was six comics competing for, uh, you know, uh, uh, some spots for the final show, right there. At the end of this whole competition, um, the, uh, the, the winner, two winners, I believe, get to uh, perform at a very large venue, uh, TD Place here in Ottawa, for a mental health festival called Cracking Up the Capital. And, uh, the two winners who moved forward the evening, uh, on, on Monday night, there was, uh, my roommate Kamar, uh, Kamar Babar. He did a great job and moved forward and the very funny Heather Hurst. So, uh, honestly, the two people, uh, who moved forward should have a lot of comedy competitions. People are like, what the fuck was that? No, the right people were selected. Uh, everyone did fantastic, but only two could move forward and the right two did in fact do that. Um, and then I was the, uh, the feature act, right? So while the judges are deliberating, I'm supposed to be the nice palate cleansing sorbet, a little buffer entertainment. And, uh, and I had a good time. I actually had a really good set. And for some reason, I don't know why I took it upon myself to share some of my dating app woes with the crowd. Now I'm going to share those with you guys. I don't know if they're going to be funny or not. In fact, the crowd did sort of turn on me a little bit because I guess, uh, I guess what I said was considered quote unquote punching down. And I'll be honest with you. I think by now, any of you guys who listen to me on a regular basis, know I'm, I'm not a completely horrible person. You know, I do think stupid things sometimes and ignorant things, but I don't know. I, I think funny's funny. And sometimes just when you're venting your own shit, you're not exactly the most sensitive when you're frustrated. So I was talking about how I very briefly got on the, uh, the dating apps after Crystal and I broke up again, get to that point where I'm missing that vitamin love, you know, looking for some more human contact, just someone to snuggle. Cause I'm a big teddy bear. Um, you know, just, just, uh, missing that human contact. Right. So yeah, uh, a few times I, uh, you know, would, would jump on the old app and just, you know, start swiping. But what I was doing was a complete piece of shit move. I actually believe subconsciously it's like I was I was looking not to match with anyone. Cause like I said, the idea of meeting someone new and having to get to know a stranger and and to have to, you know, give up my vulnerabilities and and, you know, expose my weaknesses and, and flaws. I'm just I'm not in a fucking hurry to do that again. Anyways, regardless. When I was on, you know, uh Tinder, which is the only <laughs> the lazy person's app for finding love. Um, I was only swiping right on like nines and tens. Uh, and, and someone was giving me shit the other day. You're not supposed to quantify people, whatever. We know what I'm talking about. All right. The idea is the relatability. I was only swiping right on like nines and tens. So effectively chasing unicorns is all I was doing. And so obviously I was talking to, uh, you know, Josh, my, my manager at the source and was like, um, Hey dude, uh, I have been on Tinder for, you know, a couple weeks and I have had, no matches whatsoever, not a single match. And he goes, well, are you swiping right on everything? I go, no, I'm swiping night on. He goes, yeah, you're probably only swiping it on like the hottest chicks there. And I'm like, yeah, because everybody's shit at writing bios. And yeah, I, I go, I, I'm probably self-sabotaging. He goes, here's what you need to do. You need to get on uh, Tinder and just swipe right on everything. He goes, are you on Bumble? And I go, no, I don't know what that is. And he goes, oh, Bumble's, Bumble, there's no limit to how many swipes you can do in a day. So you got to get on Bumble too, right? Bumble's the shit. And just swipe right on everything. He's like, give me your phone. So we're at work, the source, right? <laughs> In between battery sales. And he's just on my phone, swiping right on absolutely everything. This is going to give you confidence, all right? This is going to make you feel good. You're going to start getting some matches. You're going to feel good about this. And he was right. In terms of getting matches, 
what I was getting. And I, and I was telling this joke, obviously an abbreviated version. I'm just telling you guys the real story. I told an abbreviated jokey version of this on Monday night was that I told him, I'm like, you know what? I was only swiping on nines and tens. So I had the denial in my head that, oh, there's probably some four or five sixes and sevens who would match with me, but I'm just being an asshole and not, not seeing those. Right. Cause again, like I said, internally, I probably didn't want to talk to anybody or meet anybody new. Um, but the funny thing to me was all the matches I were getting were like ones and twos. And even to the point where, when I said this, Kamar came up to me after Kamar of all fucking people, uh, funny dude, but he's just, he's just super raw. But even Kamar comes up and he's like, dude, you, you can't say twos and threes. Don't say ones and twos. You can't call another human being a one. I'm like, well, fuck, I was kidding. But he's like, yeah, you, you can't, the crowd turned on you because you called them ones. And I'm like, I didn't anyways, whatever. Uh, I just thought it was funny to, to have my back. I appreciate it. He had my back, but it was just, it was just so funny that, uh, that he's like, yeah, you can't, you can't call him <laughs> the things that you've called human beings. Anyways. Um, I was just like, I was getting ones and twos as matches guys. Like, I'm not even kidding. At one point I showed, showed Josh my matches. I go, dude, you're supposed to, this was supposed to make me feel confident. Now all I think that like, this is all I'm worth. I can't get a single four or five. And I wasn't calling myself a prize at any point, but I was like, for Christ's sakes, like these, I go, can any of these women at least have their eyes pointing in the same direction? Is that not something simple enough that I could ask, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fucking prize, but for Christ's sakes, I wear it well. All right. Both my eyes point in the same direction. I comb my hair. I'm groomed, you know, I, I just, ugh. It was, it was, it was depressing. The idea is it didn't give me confidence. It made me think, oh, guess what? Not only do the nines and tens don't want you, but neither do the eight through threes. <laughs> Nobody wants to even get to know your stupid fucking face, Josh, except for these people here. So I was telling the, the joke and this is a true story. There was one person and I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm not looking for these people and going, Hey, you're fucking like, I, there was one person who, uh, was a large lass or whatever the politically correct term for a, it, me as a chick, um, but bigger was there was a picture of her next to a cow. And now I, again, I, I said this on stage and I was like, I felt like a bad person for thinking it. I felt like a bad person for saying it out loud when Josh and the other staff members were asking me how things on Bumble were going. And I felt bad telling the crowd, but I just wanted to get it off my chest. Um, I remember seeing this picture of one of these matches, right? Cause he was swiping me on everything. And I, and I just go, she's standing next to a cow. All right. Is that really the only thing that she could find to take a picture with that made her look like the skinny one? Are you fucking kidding me right now? And, um, and I apologize. I know it's punching down. I'm not trying to be a piece of shit, but I wasn't really coming at her. I was more of a sense of like, really like, this is what the dating world thinks that I uh, like that's, that's my level, the cross-eyed people and the fucking, the far, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, I got it out of my system. I thought there was a certain level of humor to it. I knew it was a gamble when I did it on stage and, uh, and the crowd appropriately, uh, didn't love what I was saying. I did get a few laughs, but I think I got laughs from other people who are equally pieces of shit. So either way, I, I got the dating shit out of my system. I haven't. I've had those apps deleted off my phone for a very long time, but it's, uh, I, they're, they're, they're the worst. 
they're the worst. If you're listening and you, you ever go on those apps and you're like, oh, this is the place. What a piece of shit that fucking, that, that thing is. It brings up the, I've said it before. It brings up the worst in humanity. It brought up the worst in me. Just judge, like looking at somebody and judging them based on their picture. I don't know. Fuck. I don't, I don't like it. And I'm, I'm actually a little ashamed of myself that I was, you know, telling those jokes. Um, you know, creatively, my brain went to some interesting places, <laughs> but it's, it's not, it wasn't nice. It, yeah. It was punching down. All right. I'm a better human being now. I'm all better. I'm enlightened to getting off my chest with you guys. I like holding myself accountable to you guys. You know what I mean? I get, get to a certain point and I go, all right, I don't, I don't feel good. I gotta, I gotta put myself on trial here and you guys will tell me if I'm a giant piece of shit or not. And again, random strangers that may come across this podcast and be the first ones like, this guy's got fucking issues with his dad and he's a piece of shit. <laughs> so he loves animals, but he makes fun of human beings and he's got an estranged. This is fucking crazy. I don't know why you guys still listen. Anyways. I, I, I did that. I, I redeemed myself with some other stuff afterwards, but I definitely uh, hit a little thing uh, with those, uh, those dating jokes. And then today or yesterday, I, um, I did two shows for Aviva during the day. I got to hang out with my buddy gig as we call it in the business. I was gigging with my buddy, Jeff McKay. Um, uh, I love working with Jeff. I've told you guys stories about, you know, me and Jeff doing gigs together. And, um, I, I spoke with Jeff, uh, this evening and I asked him if he wanted to do an interview, a bonus episode of the podcast. So now we're just going to try to find a time to make it work. But Jeff McKay, good buddy. We did two shows for Aviva, which is an auto insurance company. They were doing an appreciation for their brokers. So we did two shows for them, uh, at local heroes. So it was a, it was, it was, you know, day gigs, right? Nooners as we call them. Uh, we did nooners for Aviva. They were an interesting bunch. I mean, you can imagine you know, what a good sense of humor insurance brokers have, you know what I mean? I mean, these are the kind of people who, you know, they're slightly, slightly more human than government employees. And that's about it. So they were fun. They were super like, like it took a little while, both shows to get these, these groups out of their shells. Uh, but the organizer, she was outstanding. She was amazing. Uh, she was a great laugh and then they had fun, but it was just one of those, like, you're not in a comedy club. You're in like a fully lit windows open restaurant during the day. It's noon. These people have barely been drinking. They don't know what to expect. So, so Jeff and I, and we had a good time, the crowd had a good time, but it's definitely, it's one of those gigs where, you know, it's going to be work and it was, so we, we, we had two really good shows today. Um, but I'm going to tell you guys a story that I've never told this one. I'm confident I've never told before. Um, and as I say that I'm losing confidence quickly, but I think I, I'm pretty damn sure I haven't told this story before when I was, uh, in comedy, I may have mentioned that, um, there was, a, there was a week where I was trying to amalgamate all my notes. And I know that this took the wind out of my sail. Um, at one point in my comedy career, but, um, I used to have all these notebooks when I first started doing comedy and I would write like a line in them, just one sentence that was the, the premise. And of course, over time, I would look at some of these lines and go, what was I talking about? And I also had multiple books. I also had like, I'd, you know, be at a restaurant and they have like a, a paper, you know, placemat or whatever I'd flip it over. And if I got an idea, I'd, I'd grab a, the crayon or whatever was at the table or, or pen and just write in the back of it, you know, back of napkins and stuff. I had an idea. I just put it wherever again, cause I was hungry, you know, I was ambitious. I wanted comedy to work. So at one point I had, you know, a few different notebooks. I had all these, you know, amalgamations of, of loose notes and stuff like that. I had them all together. So I put all 
of these things together, all these notebooks, whatever, in my backpack, and then bought myself a brand new binder, new paper, and my goal that week, even had my laptop, and I was spending a, a you know a few days straight at Starbucks, um, doing you know basically amalgamating all these notes into one new notebook. So I would take the one line premise, and I would write it in there, but I would then put some notes point form. Not enough that anybody reading it could steal the joke, but enough that I would remember what the premise was and what I was trying to say with the joke. And I spent a few days copying all these notes and I had so many, so many different things. I was, I would say I was probably 50% done and then I had to go run the Open Mic Monday show. So I remember I came directly from Starbucks, I had my laptop in the, in my backpack, had all my notebooks plus my new notebook from comedy. So basically anything I'd ever written in like the three or four previous years in stand-up comedy was in this backpack. I brought it into open mic Mondays and I remember putting it in this little like sort of uh, corridor between the kitchen and the showroom. And in my head, I remember thinking, you know what? I can't just leave this here. I'm going to go put it in the car so it won't get stolen. And I really honestly, truly cannot remember the circumstances. But at the time that day I was using crystal's car and, uh, I went out and I put my thing in the, the, the car, my backpack, and I put it on the passenger seat and I don't know again, didn't think of it, but my cars have always had very darkly tinted windows. So you can't see inside them. Crystal's car did not. So I had a backpack brimming with stuff in it and, uh, it was on the passenger seat. And I think you already know where I'm going with this. I came out after the show and the passenger window, I believe, or driver's window had been smashed and the backpack was gone. And I just remember thinking like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like the, the, the value of what was in those notebooks was zero to anybody but me. You know what I mean? Like basically every note, every idea I'd ever written uh, was in that bag. And I remember the next day I sat down with a piece of lined paper and I tried to write as much down as I can remember. And I think I got a page, a page. And there must have been over a hundred pages Um in total in that thing. So I was just like blown away. Like I know that I had notebooks where every single line on a page would be a different premise. You know what I mean? So just thinking like a hundred pages with, you know, 50 lines on each page. That's how many joke ideas and stuff like that. So, um, it, that, that hit a particular low point for me in my comedy career, just cause I was like, fuck everything I had was in there. Yada, yada. But that particular story for another day and, and coming back from that, um, I remember, calling, you know, my, my auto insurance company, um, or sorry, I should say crystal's auto insurance company because it was her car. And they said that that's not something covered. So if you, so this is the part where I give you guys information for yourselves to protect yourselves and, and tell you this story. Um, I remember, uh, we called the auto insurance company and the auto insurance company said that when something is stolen out of your vehicle, it's actually not covered under your auto insurance policy. It's covered under your home insurance policy. So just in case anyone doesn't have a home insurance policy, know that if anything happens to your car in terms of theft, you are not covered. Uh, it might be different for my listeners uh, internationally, but in Canada, that's my, my understanding based on everything that the insurance companies told me. So uh, despite the fact that I live with Jason, I do in fact have a home insurance policy um, just to protect my car in the event that that ever happens again. So I have home insurance to, to cover anything that's stolen out of my car anywhere in the country. So, um, I called the, uh, the home insurance company and, uh, I was, I was saying, you know, Hey, that my, my car got broken into and, uh, they stole my, my backpack that had all my, you know, my, had my laptop in it, all my comedy notes, everything like that. And, um, I think I can't remember 
if it was, um, if I got a call back or if I spoke to this person right away, but I spoke to the, uh, I believe he said it was an insurance adjuster. I believe that's the title. I just want to let you guys know that I'm not hundred percent and I don't want to be, you know, um, condemning anyone with that particular title, but this is what happened. So the guy's like, oh shit, you're all your comedy. I'm like, yeah, my, like my whole career was in there. My whole comedy career was in there in terms of all the jokes I've ever written and everything. He's like, oh shit. So you're, you're a comedian. And he goes, yeah. I go, yeah. He's like, that's your business. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's my business, you know, which at the time I was making a little bit of money in comedy, but not much. You know what I mean? A couple, couple under the table shows here and there, but nothing to call a career, but fuck you work it towards it. Right. Fake it till you make it. So at the time I had, I'm like, yeah, like that's my career. That's what I'm working for. I'm not working a day job. I'm putting everything I got into comedy. So he's like, oh shit. And he's like, did your laptop have comedy stuff on it too? And I was like, yeah, like, like the posters and stuff like that for shows that I'm doing, like it's fucked. He goes, oh, okay. Well, since uh, comedy is your business and, uh, and you know, your laptop had, had business stuff on it and your notes for business, that all falls under business. And since you don't have business insurance, we're not gonna be able to help you out. And, uh, I, I, that's a little bit of an oversimplification in terms of the whole situation. But what he said was, was that blunt and what he did just, you know, at the time when I like seconds after, you know what I mean? We're talking a minute into the conversation. I was able to immediately retrace every question he asked me and saw how he led me down that road to deny my claim, you know? And I remember just being blown away by like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? I'm like, this happens to me. And I'm like, I pay you every month for insurance and you find a way to deny me my claim. Like that's by the way, a job for insurance companies. All right. Those guys make so much fucking money. Anyone who doesn't know how much money insurance companies makes like they, they, them and oil companies basically report ridiculous profits. All right. They're not like, uh, we're there. They're, they're, they're doing okay. They're staying like they, they, nothing but profit basically. And the idea is that there's people whose job it is to find a way to deny you your claim. So again, you're paying for something you don't get most of the time that you hope you never need. But the idea is that when you do need it, there's actually a person who gets up every day and probably puts on a suit, has a cup of coffee and goes to work to fuck people over at their time of need. And that's what this piece of shit does for a living. And there's other people too. You may know someone. Um, Like I said, his position was called an insurance adjuster. Very cute title for someone who basically looks at your policy and goes, all right, what, what way can I find to make this deny? And like I said, this guy walked me down this path and said, you know, like, oh, 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 is it, was your comedy? Like, you're, like, like I said, he's like, oh, your comedy is, is comedy your business? Like he led me to saying it's business. Then he led me to say that everything that I had in the bag was towards business. Like, do you have any of this? Is that your business? Is that, did you use that for like your business stuff was on it? Did you have any comedy stuff on that? So like he, he basically made it so that everything I had was unclaimable. I don't have business insurance, but it's all business stuff. So it's no longer coverable. So I got, I got pissed. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? I go, I, I pay like a good customer. I go, I barely like $1,500 worth of stuff. And you're, you're looking, I go, this is a special, this is what I told him. I said, there's a special place in hell for people like you. You get up, you, I hope you're happy when you get your fucking paycheck, man. Because I mean, again, I, I was angry. I was, I don't really react that way often. And of course this is going back a few years, but it just, it blew my mind that somebody like, again, like I'm the client and that, that you could do that. You could actually try to fuck somebody over and, and deliberately look for a way to find someone in their time of need when they're hurting the most 
and they need you the most to be like, yeah, that's my job. I, I'm the guy who fucks you out of your claim. You know, I'm the guy who tells you, yeah, we don't cover that, you know? So anyways, I got upset and I, I said, there's a special place in hell for you. And I hung up the phone. And, uh, I remember he called me a lot, not long afterwards and was like, you know, we, we're going to have to find a way to, to resolve this. But if you, if you talk to me like that again, then, then we're done. And I go, look, dude, I go, I, I, I know what your job is. All right. And I'm telling you right now, I go, I go comedy. I go, you led me down the road. It's not personal. It's my job. I go, yeah, dude, it is personal. If you make a decision to look for a way to harm me, you know, you're doing your job, quote unquote. I go, you're, you're going out of your way. All right. To find something you led me down there. All right. This is personal to me now. You tricked me into basically calling all this stuff. I go, first off, my laptop is my laptop. Okay. It's the only computer I have. So yeah, if I want to make a, sh a poster for a show that I'm going to be on, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to buy a separate computer and be like, well, this is my personal computer and this is my business computer. You know what I mean? I go, I go, I've, I've, I've Googled all sorts of different things that could be for business. That doesn't mean just because I've done that. It's now a business, you know, laptop. I go first off and I don't make any money from comedy. I go, I've had zero, zero paychecks from comedy, which is bullshit. We get paid cash on the table, right? I've told you guys that before, but I go, I've made zero income from comedy. This guy, this is what he says to me, like 10 minutes after the first time he spoke to me, he goes, well, you have t-shirts on your website. You're selling things. You're making money from comedy there. I go, I've sold zero <laughs> not bragging, but thank God I go, I've sold zero t-shirts from that website. I can go to the PayPal account that that's linked to and show you zero transactions from my website. So I've made, I've generated absolutely no money. It is a hobby. And I go, second of all, I can fucking sell anything I want online. It does not mean I'm a business. If I sell something on Kijiji, I'm not automatically a business. You have a garage sale. You're not a fucking business, you know? Sorry guys. I'm getting a little fucking heated right now. I'm getting a little fucking angry here. So I, I was just like, I can prove I've made no money from comedy and I've sold nothing off my website. I go, I'm a hobbyist. And yeah, I called it a career because I, I take it seriously. And I work very hard on it, but I've made no money. It is not a business to me whatsoever. I go, my laptop is personal. So at that point, I fucking hate this guy. And, uh, you know, the, the, the idea is I, at that point, all I was claiming was my laptop and a few binders. And, uh, and then we, you know, he went on to tell me about depreciated value and all that other stuff. And, uh, and then, so I, so, uh, over the, you know, over the next, uh, day or so, I, uh, not only did I prove that none of that stuff was for business, but, uh, I also remembered a lot of other things that were in my bag too, you know, like spare pairs of glasses and, you know, extra chargers for phones and all sorts of things like that. Uh, that, that were in there as well. Um, whereas before I was just really focused on the binders and the, uh, the laptop. So needless to say, I ended up getting a check from the insurance company that was just enough to cover a brand new laptop. So, uh, that's how that worked out. But if you're ever in that situation, I have no idea how long I've been talking about the story and I apologize. It's, it's heated because it was really, really fired me up. Like I said, there's another whole story about how long having all that shit stolen fucked with me mentally you know, for comedy and everything like that. And just made me feel like I'd lost everything I'd worked on. Um, maybe a story for another day or never, but for yourselves, if you ever end up in a situation, a, your car is not covered. Uh, someone breaks into your car and steals something. It is not covered under your auto and it's covered in your home insurance. So make sure you have home insurance or you could have a really shitty day. 
Um, if something like that happens, you have a shitty day twice. And if you're ever speaking to those people, watch out, watch out for any insurance company. Okay. Because that person who calls you or that you're speaking to is not your friend. All right. That person usually has a job. They're looking for a way to not pay you the money or whatever it is. So if they say, Hey, are you in business? Just be careful. Know that, know that, you know, don't, don't answer their questions too broadly. You know, if they're like, Oh, is it business? No, it's not business. What do you, what do you do for a living? Doesn't really matter. Um, shit was in my car, you know, let's, let's talk about what was in the car, you know? So just if, if that helps you guys in the slightest, but the reason I brought that up is that this company that I did the show for today, um, they actually, uh, hired me a couple of years ago to do, uh, you know, a few years back to do a show for them. And they were the same insurance company and they were a room full of adjusters. Uh, not the one, the one that I am talking about was not there, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really shitty uh, it was a, it was a fun time, but I told that story that night very briefly and said how much I hate the fact that that's what adjusters do and that that's, that's what their job is. And then they told me that there's a bit of a difference. There's some adjusters who do something, some adjusters who do those. Anyways, long story short, um, when I did the show today, they said, uh, we remember you, we saw you a couple of years ago. And, uh, and I proceeded, you know, I, I apologize to them because I'm, I, I take my job very seriously as a comedian. Um, in not seriously, I don't take myself seriously, but just in the sense that, um, I'm getting paid for a service, regardless of whether or not it's fun and, and all this shit at the end of the day, I'm being paid for a service. And, um, the fact that, you know, not long after it, I happened to have an opportunity to perform for the very people, um, that I was upset with that I felt wronged by. Um, I actually told the story, told them how upset I was and then when they were just staring at me afterwards, they go, yeah, you guys are looking at me funny. Yeah. It's kind of funny when you, uh, you know, pay for something and don't really end up getting what you pay for. Eh? I'm like, just like, you know, paying for insurance and having someone try to fuck you out of it. Um, but it was, it was unprofessional of me. And I, uh, I, I told her, you know, I apologize. She's like, no, no, we still had fun. We just, we just, we remember that story. I'm like, okay, well, I, I, uh, apologize for that. And again, it's the same thing, just holding my feet to the fire, telling you guys that, but uh, long story short, I, I did have two great shows today with my buddy, Jeff McKay, and they were very, very happy. Um, I just, when I was thinking about that today, I thought, you know what? I should share that with, share that story with you guys just to see if there's any way I can save you the trouble. Oh, this podcast is me just yakking and not really going anywhere. Sorry, gang. It's the, it's the late night thing again. I do apologize. I really do want to make me doing this podcast earlier, uh, a more regular thing. Anywho, I did not have a bad day. I had fun. Um, then I went out to, uh, what did I do? I went out to find, this is the thing I was talking about making fun of myself, right? Making fun of the fish people. I went out to find sleeves for a, just a, a regular card kind of board game called Sushi Go. And what are sleeves? Well, uh, they're little plastics that you can put on your card, little card condoms. The reason being is, uh, I have roommates and when we play, we drink. And when we drink, we spill things or we just eat pizza and get grease all over everything. So... Uh, the card sleeves, you put your cards in the sleeves and you can wipe them down afterwards. Or if somebody spills something on them, they don't get destroyed and all that other shit. So that's my nerdy thing is not only do I buy board games, but I buy sleeves and they are, they have all these different kinds of sleeves available at all sorts of different stores. 
and they have dimensions and they're not cheap, but whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's my nerd thing. So I knew I was doing these two shows for the insurance company out in uh, Bell's Corners portion of Ottawa. And there happens to be a gaming store out there called Cobalt's Corner. Now I called the, this morning while I was driving to the gig and said, Hey, do you guys carry, you know, cut these X, whatever card sleeves, what have you. And they said, yes. I'm like, perfect. I'm looking for this kind. They go, yep, we have those. And I, uh, was said, cool. Coming to be in the area. Jeff and I had a show at noon. We had another show at two. So the first show ended a little late. I uh, spoke to the organizer, said, we're going to step out for a minute. We're going to drive down the road and we're going to come back. Cool beans. So I drive down there. Uh, my gas light comes on cause I just forgot to fill it up and I'm like, shit, I'm going to need to get gas too, before we get back. The funny thing, well, it's not funny at all. We get there. We're very limited on time. I asked the guy, I go, Hey, I'm the one who called. He goes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Walks me over to the, the rack and he's like, Oh, I guess we're sold out. And I was like, dude, I, I called you. I called you. I told you it was coming. You said you had them. Yeah, well, we usually do. I just, I just, I guess I didn't look. Again, human beings, we make mistakes, but isn't that like, again, you could go on someone's website and be like, oh, it's something they carry. But when you call a place, all right. And I get it. I, I wasn't in there first, but you know, if I, if I was, if I was bitching that nobody answered the phone, different story, I think, because you know, when I work at the source, the phone rings, I don't answer it. I'm not a model employee. And this is at the end of the day, probably the universe just, you know, getting, getting me back for it. But I, uh, went in, he answered the phone. He told me they had them again and we don't have them. So I'm like, dude, why the fuck? I just, I said very politely, I was like, oh, well, you know, I called you earlier. Had I known you didn't have any in, I wouldn't have just drove in. And he's like, well, well, no, I, I, I thought we had them. So I I'm fairly certain that it's safe to say that that's kind of unacceptable. Um, regardless, Jeff and I left <laughs> very annoyed. Cause I'm like, ah, I didn't nerd rage. All right. I was just, all right. So we'll go back and do another show. I'll find some somewhere else. Um, my brother, I, I just reached out to him and said, Hey man, where else is there in the city that, that I can get some? Cause the only other place that I've ever bought stuff like that has been across the street from where I work in Plaster Lanes. And, uh, that was the complete opposite end of the city from where I was. And I wasn't going to make a trip all the way out there for, you know, stupid card sleeves. So my brother happened to mention there's a place downtown that he was going. I was just like, cool. Here's some money. Can you pick them up for me? Bada bing, bada boom. Got that shit dealt with. I just think like, like it just really miffed me. Miffed? Uh, it really miffed me that, that you can call a place, talk to somebody. They're like, yeah, you go, cool. I'm coming in. I'm going to be around this time. I just got to fit it in, squeeze it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And we got them. And then they don't have them. I just, I, I know I sound old, but it's just surprising to me that, that people just don't give a shit to that level. Like as much as I'm a lazy employee who didn't give a fuck. I still help the people over there. And, and if I did answer the phone, and I spoke to someone, I'm not going to put something, you know, I'm not going to tell somebody I'm going to put it aside for them and it's not there. I'm not going to check inventory and lie to them about the inventory. You know, in fact, I would do the opposite is if our inventory said we had two of something, I would say, ah, you know what? I don't see them. But rather than going, ah, they're probably here somewhere. Come on in. I would go, you know what? There's discrepancy. Sometimes odds are we don't have it. We're a small store. You could order it online, blah, 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 just to provide a better customer service, right? At the end of the day, I am a consumer. So whatever you get from me, I would want, you know, to get back in exchange, golden rule, right? I call a place. They don't answer. Eh, I can go in or go fuck myself, you know? Whatever. I just, it bothered me that, you know, you tell someone, okay, I'm coming in and you go, all right, great. I'll see you then. And you don't have what I'm looking for. Like why let me come in, waste the gas. 
anyways, whatever, whatever. It's not a big deal. We're, we're over the hour mark and I'm bitching about fucking dildo-ish card sleeves. <laughs> My fucking board games are going to get greasy. Making fun of fish people. I'm a fish people. I'm a board game fish people. Um, so yeah, did that. I got a haircut this afternoon at House of Baron, you know, been a long time since I bought a $50 haircut. Got to say, it's probably the most expensive haircut I ever got in my life. Does it look like the most expensive one? No, looks like the same ones I get. Bragging about my $10 haircuts in, uh, Kingston. I'm telling you right now with what I paid, I could have filled my tank, drove to Kingston, got exactly what I wanted, given someone a hundred percent tip, made their fucking day and come back. But, uh, but they did a great job at House of Aaron. That's just the way it is. You go to a fucking hipster place to get a hipsterish haircut and they charge you hipster fucking prices. I got the tapas of haircuts, you know, I, uh, was still hungry afterwards for, for a better, no, I'm kidding. Um, I made wine today. That's right. I'm a connoisseur of wines. I went to Muska wines and, uh, or Muska, yeah, Muska wines, Muska wine. And, um, I got a thing there. It was great. Uh, a friend of mine's family owns it. So I just, I decided to go there. I checked out, uh, I saw a promotion of theirs on Facebook. So, um, I'm going to be a little kind of all over the map here with this one here only because I, they took such good care of me, um, that I, I, I want to like, I want to give them a free plug. Um, so if you guys have a second, if you've never made wine before, it's, it's pretty fucking great. I I've done it twice before I found Groupons and stuff like that. So most of my Ottawa listeners, you can go right to Muska and, and make your own wine. And uh, I think I'm making it for like four bucks a bottle. I'm getting like 48 bottles. I'm making it for four bucks a bottle. Amazing. And, um, a lot of times, the other two times I did it before, uh, you basically buy a package, uh, you choose the wine that you want and then they make it from concentrate. So they basically pour a bunch of concentrated juice into a, a bucket and then they fill up the rest with water. So just like when you're making orange juice from concentrate, you it's fucking concentrate in water. All right. Pour in some yeast, come back in a month. It's going to be wine. Um, well, I saw that Muska was having a sale on the concentrate stuff and they were saying to me when I went in there, uh, when I, when I asked them about it, um, sorry, originally I'd asked my friend about it and, and she said, well, don't get it now. Okay. Get it, get, get it in two weeks. Cause we're going to do one on the juice. So rather than it being a concentrate, it's just going to be the straight up grape juice you add the, the yeast to it, to, to ferment it. And then that's it. You're getting like way better quality wine and it's, it's on sale. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it with the juice. So that sale came on today. I saw it on Facebook and I was like, boom, I'm pulling the trigger on that shit. Uh, like I said, it works out to about four bucks a bottle all said and done. And I went to, uh, to check it out. So they were showing me the facility. They were showing me all the different processes and everything like that. Um, they, uh, they actually sent me home with a bottle of their Chardonnay too, which was super, super nice of them. But the idea was they were just, they were explaining to me the differences between doing it concentrate and with the grapes, the different kinds of wine. So they have a special on right now. I'm giving them a free plug because they were amazing human beings. I made absolutely no mention of my podcast or any promotional things whatsoever. So I want you guys to know that I am doing this merely just because they were so good, um, so informative and and I believe that it's a better quality product than a lot of the stuff that's out there. Because again, they mentioned that a lot of the concentrate wine places, like they're one of the few ones that'll actually do with the juice, um, like the, the, the pure juice. But if you do, um, if you check them, okay. So, so first off, go to their website. Okay. Muska.com M U S C A.com. All right. They do have a promotion, uh, promotion right now for the, uh, juices. Okay. So it's 69 99 for 24 bottles. 
All right, and standby because I did not get the four. They've got um, they've got five different kinds of wine that you can choose from right now. So it gets you twenty four bottles of wine. Okay, you basically go in, choose it, put the yeast in, and then set it up for a month. A month you come back and you bottle your wine when it's ready. And of course, it is loading as slow as humanly fucking possible. Um, so I decided I wanted to do uh, a batch of white and a batch of red. All oh, this is driving me bananas right now. So I got the goddamn in there. Now I had to turn off the goddamn Wi-Fi for it to work. Okay, so right now it's the on-site fresh winemaking sale. And the wines that are available. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read this right from the website. Why, why not give it a full plug? So this promotion includes making of the product all corks and fees, makes 24 bottles of finished wine. For added flavor, aroma, and tannin, some fresh juices are fermented with oak. Your choice of two reds and three whites, such as the red wines, you can get the Ruby Cabernet, which is what I got, or uh, the California Red. The white wine selections are the Vintage White, uh, Chenin Blanc, uh, I think I'm saying that right, Chenin Blanc or Chenin Blanc, and uh, French Columbard. Okay, so... Um, I had asked them their recommendation because I like Cabernet Sauvignon. So they had recommended me to the Ruby Cabernet. And for whites, I do tend to like Pinot Grigios and uh, Vidal's. They had recommended to me the Chenin Blanc. So I, I got that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it only takes 10 minutes to make when you're there. So you can pop in, pay your deposit, just throw your yeast in your wine. Boom. You can even visit it like a code on layaway. <laughs> and, uh, Basically, it's, it's ready for 30 days. This offer is available until February 17th, okay? So uh, if you want to ask them any questions and you're in the Ottawa area, you can call 613-235-5050. They'll give you some more uh, details and shit like that on that. So uh, it's great. 16, uh, sorry, $69.99 plus HTST for 24 bottles. Um, so that's a pretty fucking good deal. And like I said, they're, they're, they're great people there. They're, that's, and that's for the juice. Okay. That's not the concentrate cell. That's actually getting it from just, it's effectively just the grape juice squeezed, boom, fermented. There's your bottles of wine. So I'll give you guys, um, you know, more information on that when I get my wine and how it is and all that shit. But just for what it's worth, that sale will be over by the time, uh, I get my wine. So, um, check out muska.com, M U S C A.com. And, um, you know, if you guys are wine drinkers and you want to save some money on wine, it's uh, a great, great sale. And, um, uh, and that's about it. That's, I mean, that's in terms of that. So I got to go hang out with them today, checked at their place, uh, spoke with the owners, amazing people. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm just, it's something, you know, I've, I've been talking to you guys about how we've been drinking a lot of wine, doing the wine promos and stuff like that. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to try the quality. I was very happy with the wines that I had bottled at other places before, but again, I made them from concentrate. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm also very happy with this. I'm looking forward to seeing what it actually tastes like getting it with just the juice. So muscle.com one last time check out their special guys and, uh, and save some money on wine. Uh, what else did I do? Oh, and I did a spotted absolute comedy tonight, right? I, uh, I had a good time after doing those two insurance shows that were, like I said, work. Um, I did a show myself. Jeff was also on the show. Uh, Kamar was on the show tonight. Um, Brendan McKeegan was on the show. Danny Polichuk was on the show. He was the host. Brendan McKeegan was the headliner. And, uh, and who else was on tonight? I believe, uh, was Heather on Heather Hurst was on the show this evening as well. So it was, uh, it was a fucking great show for a Tuesday night at absolute comedy. I, uh, I dicked around. I didn't really do any new material. Uh, the crowd was so much fun and, uh, and I did incredibly well. 
Um, so just again, happy, happy to be doing a lot more comedy guys going out, seeing people having some fun times again, just being a comic, you know, it's, um, it's fun. I wanted to tell you guys a couple little things too, before I jump into the sponsorship section. So I remember I think last Thursday or Wednesday, Jason was playing his, uh, Arizona sunshine game, which is a virtual reality game where you're shooting zombies. Zombies are coming at you from all over the place. I think I, before I left for dinner with my dad, I was getting ready to go into the, the bathroom and I see Jason just spinning around going, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the fucking zombies coming at me everywhere. Hey, fucking zombies. Jesus Christ, coming at me everywhere. <laughs> Jay talks with, with stuttering. He's like, holy fuck. But I see he's got the helmet on and he's sort of circling around himself because there's zombies coming at him from everywhere. And he just turned the right way where he had his back to the door. Cause once you're in VR, I don't know if you guys ever played it, but if you're in VR after enough turning around and stuff, you sort of disorient yourself. Um, you disconnect from where you were standing in the actual reality. So before you know it, you just don't, don't know what way you're pointing, but you're just looking in the game. So Jay had his back to the doorway and he's got zombies and I can see if I walk into the room, I can see on his monitor what he's seeing. So there's zombies coming at him from everywhere. And he just happened to like, lean forward enough and have his complete back to me that as zombies were surrounding him, I grabbed him by the shoulders and bit him on the fucking back, <laughs> like right, right in the, the, so the neck muscles. Right. So I just grabbed him and bit him right in the back of the neck and he screamed. I can't, I, I wish I'd filmed it, but the idea is he's just been around. Jesus Christ. Fucking zombies coming here. And I just grabbed him. I bit him. He's yeah. <laughs> so funny. I'm not going to assume he had to be there. It was fucking hysterical. I laughed so fucking hard and I will now lock the door every time I play VR because I totally deserve it. It's coming back my way. I know it for sure. And, uh, I also did something kind of cool. Um, I, okay. So one of the nights this week, I decided to watch uh, limitless, um, it's on Netflix recently added. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro. It's a movie about, uh, a, uh, drug that unlocks your mental uh, capacity, you know what I mean? To, to access memories and, or your, your mental potential. And, uh, the idea is just, it's a drug he takes, it expands his mind. And like all of these movies after a while, it becomes, you know, addictive. And then it turns out there's side effects and yada, yada, yada. How far will you go? Crime, yada, yada, yada. Good movie. But, uh, I was going to watch it. And, uh, I think Kamar had his TV up way too fucking loud. And so for whatever reason, I was like, oh, my AirPods, I think I can Bluetooth these to my Apple TV. So I took them out and first thing in settings was Bluetooth. As soon as I opened up Bluetooth, my AirPods were sitting right at the top. I clicked connect and it was super cool. My AirPods, uh, connected immediately. Again, this is not super interesting technology, but in terms of you put your TV on, you can't just connect your fucking wireless earbuds to it. You know, you might need a dongle or something like that. So the idea that I could just turn on my Apple TV hit pair and they were, they were paired and working. So I'm sitting in my room. I'm not bothering anybody. I'm watching my, my movie with my earbuds in. And, uh, what was super cool is I may have mentioned this before when I first got them, but if you take, if you're listening to something with your AirPods and you take one out of your ear, like you're, you know, trying to hear somebody or whatever, it automatically pauses the music for you. At one point watching this movie, I remember thinking, uh, oh, did I hear somebody come into the house or whatever? And I went to pull the, the earbud out of my ear just to hear, and it paused the movie. I thought that was so fucking cool. I was like, that is just wicked. The idea that, you know, you might be distracted and it pauses it automatically for you instead of missing a key moment or a reveal or something like that. And I was like, oh, isn't that fucking cool? Put it back in my ear, resume the movie. It just knows when these things are. So again, another testament how fucking cool Apple products are. Uh, I know I'm a fruit slave, 
But uh, it, you know what? It, it That was a really cool thing. And I'm going to continue enjoying being a fruit slave because there are a lot of perks. Haha. <laughs> um, what else? I think I had one more thing I want to tell you guys. Oh, heard a great line from Jeff today. He was talking to me. He said, uh, he said, he thinks it's a Bill Murray quote, which I will say right away. I think that there's a lot of things that people attribute to Bill Murray that are not fucking Bill Murray. They may have been a line that he said in a movie or something, which means somebody else wrote it. All right. Bill Murray's getting a lot of credit. Yeah. He's an eccentric guy, but not everything he says is mega fucking wise. All right. I think he's getting a lot of credit for writers that we've never heard of. Regardless, he was telling me that this is Bill Murray quote where he says, I, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't trust people who, uh, what is it? Who don't like dogs? Nah, for fuck's sakes, this one I'll have to, I'll have to Google. I just don't want to fuck it up, but, um, what is it? I don't, or what? Yeah. I seldom trust, uh, for fuck's sakes. You guys listen to me stammer while I'm trying to remember who don't like dogs while I Google it. Yeah, I think it's like I, what the fuck? Yeah, here it is. Okay. I'm suspicious of people who don't like dogs, but I trust a dog when it doesn't like a person. And uh, yeah, so saying Bill, yeah, Bill Murray on Twitter. That's He's just quoting it. That doesn't mean he's the one who fucking came up with it. But yeah, I'm suspicious of people who don't like dogs, but I trust a dog when it doesn't like a person. And, uh, and I agree. I agree with that. You know, dogs have that inherent, skill to just know when someone's a piece of shit. And so while I'm on this path to enlightenment that I'm, that I happen to be on, I, I, that's, that's what I hope to achieve. I don't want to be like my own assessment is like, no, I'm good now. I'm a great person. I aspire to be trusted by all dogs. I think that's a very good way to be. I'm going to be like, all right, when I get to a point where I can walk by any dog and it's just always excited to see me, this is a good fucking guy. That's when I'll know that I've made it, I've become a good person. And then I can just sit around and masturbate all day. <laughs> I wanted to develop myself. What are you talking about? What do you mean work on myself? All these dogs love me. I don't get a single growl. Let's go to the dog park. I'll show you. That's what you should do, ladies. You want to know if you find a good guy or or even guys, maybe, you're, maybe your chick's a bitch. You know, <laughs> we take this shit a lot, but I'm just saying, you know, there's, there's bad women out there too. Go to a dog park and see how that person is with dogs. And if the dog's they're, if they're, you know, trying to pretend like, oh my God, I love dogs. Let's go play with the dogs. There's a lot of New Jersey chicks in Ottawa. Um, but you know what I mean? Let's go play with the dogs. And all of a sudden the dogs are apprehensive of them and they don't want to go near them or they growl at them. Then, you know, that person's got something they're hiding. Some skeletons in the closet. Anyways, that's just the things I wanted to talk about this week. Um, and as always, guys, uh, I do have sponsors on the show. Hour and 20 minutes. I was trying to make it short because I'm fucking exhausted. But, uh, you know, I had some stories to tell. And I, I hope you're still with me. I hope you guys were listening. I, I apologize for the uh, the low energy on this podcast. We're going to figure out, you know, we're only 39 episodes in. We got uh, 61 more to go before I hit that 100 mark and expect to actually have a fucking format to the show. But uh, as it stands, I do have amazing, amazing partners. And as always, my partners from Portable Press, Uncle John's Bathroom Readers, PortablePress.com for all of their selection. Today, I have picked an article, a one-pager called Wordplay uh, from Uncle John's Second Bathroom Reader, going way, way back to the late 80s for an article in this one. This one's called Wordplay. And it says, in the first bathroom reader, we supplied the origins of familiar phrases. Here are some more. 
So to steal someone's thunder, the meaning to preempt, to draw attention away from someone else's achievements in favor of your own. The background of it is English dramatist, dramatist, (laughs) English dramatist. I don't know how to say that word right. That's not in one of these books. English dramatist John Dennis invented a gadget for imitating the sound of thunder and introduced it into play in the early 1700s. The play flopped. Soon after, Dennis noted that another play in the same theater that was using his sound effects device. He angrily exclaimed, that is my thunder. By God, the villains will play my thunder, but not my play. The story got around London and the phrase grew out of it. Uh, Pay through the nose. To pay a high price, to pay dearly is the meaning of that, but the background is comes from 9th century Ireland. Uh, when the Danes conquered the Irish, they imposed an exorbitant nose tax on the island's inhabitants. In uh, quotation here, they took a census by counting noses and levied oppressive sums on their victims, forcing them to pay by threatening to have their noses actually slit. Paying the tax was paying through the nose. Happy as a clam, the meaning blissfully happy, perfectly content. The background, the original phrase was happy as a clam at high tide. Why at high tide? Because people can't dig clams out then. They're safe and happy until low tide when their breeding grounds are exposed. The saying was shortened through use. And finally, to lay an egg, which means to fail. Background from the British sport of cricket. When you fail to score, you get a zero, which looks like an egg. The term is also taken from baseball, where a zero is a goose egg. And the running foot at the bottom of the page is there are, uh, sorry, more cars in Southern California than there are cows in India. And that is Uncle John's bathroom reader for this week. Wordplay. I'll try to find more of those wordplay articles because I do like little things like that, like where do sayings come from? And again, always a good reason to read these books because you never know what kind of little funny stories or trivia or things you're going to learn. Um, You can check out portablepress.com and find all the different bathroom readers that Uncle John uh, makes. They have thematic ones that are history, things that are science-based, things that are nature-based, all sorts of goofy shit and interesting information. So please check that out, guys. They are a great partner. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, tell me what you think, guys. And and please know that I have thousands, thousands of articles and uh, of things about it. Because I, I have dozens of the books and they're only 500 pages each. So I have thousands of little articles. If you guys want to, you know, want me to read something from a particular type of you know, category or something like that, or if there's one that you like, um, let me know, contact at one And I will look for articles of those type. I, I would love nothing more than to please you guys by selecting the subject matter that you're most interested in. Um, you know, and of course, if there's something that you want, go out and fucking buy it. All right. These books are great. You can have whatever you want at your fingertips and you won't be limited to just one article per week. Um, as always to my partners at absolute comedy, I've been doing a lot of work, uh, with and for them lately. So if you guys are still some of those people who live in the Toronto, Kingston or Ottawa area and have not seen absolute comedy, don't miss your opportunity to go out and, uh, and have a great night. you know, I'd say miss your opportunity They're They're there, but at the same time, like treat yourself to a great night of laughs. All right. You might even see yours truly there. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. 
Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. And we're back. I actually, uh, another uh, happy thing for me is I'm going to be... Uh you know, as, as things continue to go well for me health-wise, I am enjoying occasionally on these board game nights, uh, you know, sipping on a summer's bee. I limited to just one. I know there's a lot of sugar in it, but, uh, I do have the semi-dries, which is less sugar and I do love me a summer's bee. So, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken with the rep and, uh, you know, there's another little, uh, shipment with my name coming on it. So, uh, I also want to know what you guys think. Uh, there was a period of time when this podcast first started that people were, you know, uh, tagging pictures of themselves enjoying a summer's bee. Um, are you guys still enjoying it? Have you guys tried the semi dry yet? So for your, your friends and guests that, you know, may have found the original too sweet. Not everybody likes a sweet, sweet summer's bee. So maybe you just want a sweet summer's bee, a semi sweet summer's bee. Um, I, like I know, I, I love to, uh, to see what you guys are, are thinking of the products and stuff like that. I, I love the fact that you're trying them. So, uh, so send me some more of that shit. Cause I love to see it. And so do, uh, so do summer's bee. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. And we're back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, I'm also, uh, you know, we've, we've got one, one, one partner left that I haven't, uh, haven't talked about yet this week. And I'm actually really, really disappointed, but I, uh, it's still, okay. My, my, my love, my love partners at, uh, at DK love partners, my partners that I love at DK Dorling Kindersley, who we know make the most fucking fantastic books. We know this. All right. This isn't an argument anymore. We've already proven it. All right. Now, maybe in 20 years from now, someone's going to come out, you know, like a flat earther and be like, you know, DK is not the best. And they're going to have a few people who might believe that, but the vast majority of us now it's fact now. It's, it's lunacy to even argue that DK does not make the most incredible visual informational books on the fucking planet. Problem is, is that, uh, yours truly has had such a busy week. I did not get a chance to, f you know, I, I barely scratched the surface of the book that I was reading. So I don't have a review for you guys right now. And I'm super glad that I didn't promise one. And, uh, my partners at DK have sent me so much cool stuff that I want to get to. Um, so I actually, the one I started reading, I will not have for you guys next week. Instead, I'm going to review the book that I've been super, super excited to read. I've got some time coming up this week, so I will have it completed as well as the one blah, 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 blah. This week coming out is black Panther. All right. The, the movie's coming out. I can't wait. I'm super nerd for the Marvel movies. Uh, I'm very, very excited. Um, 
And I will be reviewing next week DK's uh, Black Panther book. So it is their first Marvel hardcover book that they've got, the the complete Black Panther guide. Um, and they have got, uh, I'm super excited. I'm going to see the movie this week. And beforehand, I'm going to read the book. So if you're like me and you are enjoying these superhero movies, especially the Marvel ones, DK has you covered, sorry, big fucking Red Bull heck up there. DK has you covered uh, in terms of getting the background information. So I'm not really familiar with Black Panther, to be totally honest with you, I'm not familiar. So I'm going to read this guide. I'm going to get the background of how we started, all of the information, and I'm going to be a fucking pro so that by the time I go and see the movie, um, I'm going to get the little subtle nuances and the little nods and little Easter eggs and stuff like that. And I'm going to see how the character in the movie stands up to the character from the comic books and the literature and all that fun stuff. So I will have a review for you guys next week of not only the Black Panther movie, but of the Black Panther guide from DK. So my apologies to my wonderful partners at DK, but rather than half-assing a review just to meet the, uh, you know, the, the podcast this week. I would rather do a great job because you guys do a great job, right? You got to match talent with talent. Can't give a half-assed review of a fucking amazing product. So, uh, and again, swearing through my promo, <laughs> but I got to tell you guys that they're such great partners. Um, I think that they'll forgive me this time because I'm sure they too would prefer I, I just do a, a good job of the reviews. But um, I was reading the, the Yin Yoga book. So from the little bit that I saw, amazing book. Um, back into the, 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 yin, the floor stuff, but again, not going to half-ass it. Just going to tell you that soon I will have the review of the yin yoga book, uh, book. <laughs> I, it's so late. And now I've got like fatigue mixed with Red Bull fuel. So it's like faster fatigue mistakes. Anyways, um, I will have the yin yoga book reviewed for you guys in the not too distant future as well. But if you're, uh, if you're excited about yoga and you like the yin style yoga, like I do, fuck, go out and get it now. You don't even need me to review it, to know that it's gonna be a, a solid book. Um, so yes, my partners at DK, uh, so, so check out the, uh, the Canadian one, DK, uh, com. I believe it's dk.com slash CA. And of course, for any of my American and international listeners, uh, dk.com and you'll find their stuff. Um, now having said that I've got uh, a few things coming up this week, nothing amazing, right? But what I do have is, uh, tomorrow or today that you're listening to this is supposed to be my last day at the source, but I've actually been feeling a little under the weather tonight. I know you can't really tell, but, uh, I've been feeling a little sick. So I wasn't sure if I would wake up tomorrow full blown sick. And now that it's so friggin' late, I, I don't even know if I'm going to wake up on time regardless, but I, uh, I reached out to them at the source and was like, Hey, um, you know, I'm starting to feel a little under the weather, been running around like crazy. Um, might just be better for you guys to find uh, a replacement for me tomorrow for my last day. Sorry, I won't be there. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Again, I, I, I gave them more than I wanted to. We all know that, right? So, um, I won't be at, <laughs> I won't be at the source for my last day, the day of this podcast. Um, I will, however, be at absolute comedy tomorrow night because I got six minutes. So I'm going to rest up during the day and, uh, and then you can see me live at absolute comedy. Isn't that a dick move? Not show up for my last day at work. And then, and then go and do comedy at night. So, uh, you know, I always, uh, Dr. Comedy, that adrenaline makes you feel better no matter what. Uh, Thursday, I start my new job at the mobile shop. Looking forward to that. And Thursday is also the first day that Black Panther comes out. So I extend an invite to all of you wonderful listeners. If anybody is in the Ottawa area and wants to go see the nerdy Marvel movie with me on Thursday night, send me a message on Facebook. If you're following, you know, uh, one mind podcast is available on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even YouTube guys, or where else can you contact me? Contact 
at onemanpodcast.com. Send me a message. If you want to go see the movie with me, let's have a fucking, let's have a podcast listeners night. Any, any, uh, little nerds out there, let's get together. Let's go see a fucking movie and, uh, and we can get all of your feedback. Everyone can say what they thought of the movie. So Thursday night, I'd like to do that. Um, cause I'm a super nerd. Don't want to wait for it. I want to see it the fucking, the, the earliest availability. So, um, I'm looking forward to that on Thursday. I've got more, uh, shifts and things like that coming up this week. But I haven't got a schedule yet. So I'm looking forward to a new week starting the new job. Uh, I've got some spare time to read the the DK books, some spare time to, you know, actually get into the gym, start doing some personal stuff. Uh, You know, I'm I'm excited to tell you guys more about weight loss. But as it stands right now, I've sort of hit a bit of a, a plateau. So um still having, you know, little slip ups and, and this and that nothing horrible, like nothing to, to really be accountable. Well, you gotta be accountable for all results, but at the end of the day, I have no confessions. I've had no, you know, late night binge eating or anything like that. I'm actually doing pretty good. So, um, I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to telling you guys more about good things. So next week is going to be a great, great podcast because I'll be telling you how the new job's going. I'll be telling you how the writing group is going, um, you know, and just some fun things going on. I got some, some more promo stuff coming up in the near future. Can't wait to tell you guys about which involves booze. Oh my God. I love booze. So we're going to see what, uh, what that's like. I'm, I'm excited to tell you guys about that going forward. And this week, of course, there's no, um, no emails which normally would hurt my heart to know that you guys don't want to talk to me, but an hour and 32 into one of my most exhausted podcasts, I'd like to think that my energy is still a little bit high and positive, but, uh, you know, normally I would be upset that you guys don't love me enough to email me in, but I'm just happy to be able to pull the trigger on this particular podcast this week. So that's the podcast episode number 39 in the books. Thank you all of you for listening as always you know i love you very much and despite that i'm a giant piece of shit who will make fun of a fat chick occasionally i mean well my journey continues growth and love you guys have a great week can't wait to talk to you next week and tell you about all the fun new stuff until then 